Hey, you guys, welcome to my podcast. My name is Kat, and I'm a PA and content creator obsessed with connecting with like minded people about all things PA, adulting, and everything in between. On this podcast, we'll talk about tools to find success in your career and how to cultivate joy in your everyday. I'm so excited to have you here along for the ride. So let's freaking do this. Good morning. Happy Monday, you guys. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so freaking excited for our guest interview today. It is with PA Collective. Otherwise, I call him Jimmy G and he is basically the king of TikTok and he has so many good tips and tricks today. We talk about building a social media, starting his first job as a PA in the emergency room, the tough path he took to becoming PA. Like there is so much good stuff in this episode. So I really hope you enjoy it. So let's get right to it. Welcome back to the podcast, you guys. We have Jimmy G here, and he is the founder and creator of PA Collective. You probably know him on TikTok as well as Instagram by that name, and he is such a gem of a human. I am so excited that he's on with us today. Without further ado, Jimmy G, take it away. Introduce yourself. Tell us about yourself. Well, first of all, thanks, Kat, uh, for having me on. You know, I appreciate you reaching out and asking me to come on and just to share you know, my kind of pre-PA story where I'm at now, um, and, you know, and talk about PA Collective. So yeah, so right now, um, you know, I'm one month in working as a, as a, as a new grad PA uh, in emergency medicine, and it's going really well. Um, you know, I'm working with a group, out, you know, outside of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'm a, I'm a Midwest boy. Um, Woo! But, yeah, Midwest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I mean, I'm just kind of adjusting to the new grad life and practicing medicine uh, in the emergency room, and it's going well so far. Um, it really is. So yeah, it's kind of a little, you know, a little bit what's going on. That's great. Did you, so did you go to PA school in the area too? And you're from Wisconsin. So you're basically just staying in the same area. Yeah. So I'm born and raised in Wisconsin, um, a, a suburb of Milwaukee, South of Milwaukee. And yeah, so I went to UW-Madison, uh, go Badgers uh, for undergrad. And then I went to PA school at Rosalind Franklin University, um, where the Chicago Medical School is in North Chicago, Illinois. So that's only about 40, 45 minutes from my house right now. That's awesome. I actually used to work with somebody at my first job who went there, and now he does like teaching there like virtually. Um, so maybe you ran across him. His name's Alex Protasevich. He's pretty cool. So um, yeah. I'm sure I've had a lecture and I just don't remember. <laughs> He's bald. You might remember. I don't know. Young and bald. <laughs> is, he, is he ENT? I can't remember. What was he? Uh, family medicine. Okay, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> You weren't you weren't in that lecture probably, or I was zoning, or I was zoning out. I don't know. <laughs> We've all been there. Oh yeah. So I want to know. So because you were kind of from the area and you went to school within, I always say like you kind of have good connections if you're within an hour or two of living in the area. You went to PA school. Did you find your first job through connections, like through a rotation site? Yeah, it's a good question, and I'm actually going to make a YouTube video about this of how I got my ER job because. It's pretty hard to get a like a new as a new grad with no residency or fellowship, um, you know, under your belt to get a job in the ER as a new grad. You know, it's competitive. It's a it's a field that a lot of PAs you know want to get into, and um, I'll try I'll try to you know kind of make a long story short. But basically, I was an ER tech for two and a half years before PA school, and um, the last year of so the so I was the, the last year of that uh, time span, a new ER group came in. To the hospital I was working at and kind of took over, you know, like a new contracted group came in. 
So there was a meet and greet at a restaurant in town where like the ER staff, so the nurses and techs could go. I was actually the only tech to show up. Um, and there was probably 10 nurses that, that went, um, kind of a lower, like a lower turnout. But I said, you know, this is a good opportunity to meet people, you know, um, you know, for uh, potential job offerings in the future. Right. So the first person, I, you know, I talked to, um, his name was Dr. Wilson, you know, when I walked in the door, I talked to him for probably 20 or 30 minutes, just kind of sharing my story, what I'm doing. And, um, I come to find out he's the owner and founder of this, uh, emergency medicine group. He founded it back in like the early nineties. And he was so impressed with just, you know, me talking with him and stuff like that. And then over that year of working with the group, um, you know, just, you know, to show my work ethic and being a hard worker, um, I, you know, I interviewed with them in January of my uh, clinical year of PA school, uh, about five months before I graduated. And wow. they, and they basically said, Hey, you know, we don't, we're not really hiring with COVID. So, you know, we'll call you maybe later this year. So I was like, Oh shoot. Um, you know, that's kind of, I kind of threw ER out the window. Now, what do you know? Um, first week of June, about two weeks after I graduated uh, PA school, they gave me a call with an offer. So that's kind of a kind of a long story short. Um, but yeah, so it's just making those connections early on. Um, so I, I basically worked as an ER tech uh, for a year with this group. You know, so I worked with all the physicians. I worked with the leadership when they worked, and they saw you know they saw my drive and care for patients, and uh, obviously my desire to be a PA. That's so awesome. I love that you highlighted the fact that networking plays such a huge role because it really does. Whether it's someone you knew before you even went to PA school or someone you worked with on rotations and the fact that they thought about you almost a year later, impeccable. So cool. And like must have been such a good feeling like that you're you're memorable, you know, and that they want to work with you, especially as a new grad. Like you said, it is so hard to get into emergency medicine as a new grad. So with that being said, what is your like orientation period like? Do you have like a little mini residency kind of? Like tell us more about that. Yeah, so a uh, good question. And this is what I recommend for all, you know, uh, PA students. When you start interviewing for PA jobs, really like drill into them and ask them, hey, how will my training, you know, look, you know, when I start work? Will I be mentored? Like what's the oversight look like? And, you know, for me, I chose this job um, because uh, of their mentorship program, it's called. You can probably think of it as like a mini fellowship. It's a six-month mentorship where the first two months, which I'm in right now, it's called the PA phase, which I'm, I work with another experienced PA of at least five years of, you know, they have at least five years of ER experience. And so right now I'm like, I go see patients. I do, I do all the charts. I put in all the orders and basically every patient I see, you know, when I run into the PA that I'm working with, I kind of give them a 30 second to one minute, you know, you know, presentation. And then when I'm, you know, and then my my assessment and plan. So then obviously they'll bless it. They'll add things. They'll take things out if needed. And then, and then they'll kind of go over my chart and stuff like that with me. And it's going really well so far. And then the next phase is called the doc phase for two months and where I'll be working with an ER doc. And so that's what I'll be doing. I'll be taking more of like, um, like patients that have a higher acuity. So patients that are sicker and the last two months will be, um, kind of just like an extra provider. So, um, so I'll be the extra guy there helping out but um, I'll have a little more, you can say, freedom. That's awesome. That is a really, just like from an outside perspective, I don't know a lot about ER residencies, fellowships, mentorships, but just hearing what you're saying, I feel like that's a very strong orientation process, especially in emergency medicine where things you can see from like the common cold to something totally haywire. So it's really important that you have a very, very strong 
and supportive for several months, I think, you know, especially being new. So do you feel good about that? Do you really like that that has been your path so far? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Actually, so when I had, when I got this offer from the ER, this job, I had another offer um, from a hospital in town to be a hospitalist. Mm. And they were offering, they were offering me like much more money, you know, to start off, you know, it was salary based and I got like a signing bonus, but they're like, they call it their APP program. You're like, they're obviously PA slash NP um, program. It's only been there for about a year and a half, like training. Mm -hmm. And this group, like the ER group, their training has been around, this mentorship program has been around for about 30 years. It's a big group. There's 70 PAs in it, about 50 doctors. So yeah, I mean, I'm loving it so far, you know, you know, like it's, it's not all about the money. Like you want a job that's going to make you happy. And for me as a new grad, I want to be trained well. And I think, you know, I chose the job that was going to do that. Yeah, that's perfect. Now you can let me know if you don't want to answer this or not, but do you get paid less for your training period or is it kind of the same, whether you're training or practicing? Yeah. So, yeah, so good question. And that's fine. Um, yeah, I'm fine answering this too. So, yeah, so in our mentorship program, I do get paid a little less. I probably get I probably get paid similar to what like an ER fellow PA would get. So it's just I think it's like ten dollars less an hour. So then, but after the six months, you know, I get paid like a regular PA would, and then then we get like quarterly RVU bonuses they're called. Which yeah, they don't teach you that stuff in PA school, but you'll learn about it once you start working as a PA. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I. I could get bonuses at one of my jobs and I was like, wait, what's that? And it's like patient satisfaction or it's not really based on how many patients you see. It's more about um, what they call the NPS score. So it's how happy the patient was with your service and with actually the whole team in general. I think that's a really interesting perk. And again, it's not just about salary. It's about do you get quarterly bonuses or monthly bonuses or what are ways to earn extra income, not just about how how much you're getting paid per hour. So good additional point there that I didn't even ask you about. So that was perfect. (laughs) So what is in the ER, like what is your favorite complaint to see so far? And like your scariest chief complaint, like you see it on the computer and you're like, I'm kind of scared, but obviously I'm going to go tackle it to the best of my ability. Let's just start with scary because um, (laughs) I'd say like a a dizzy old person is always really scary Um, or like syncope. Because there's there's a lot of things that can cause that, right? So it's just like the workup's going to be bigger, and you know, so when you like when you cast a broader net on things, sometimes you can find things that obviously you like weren't really looking for in a patient, um, especially like like in someone that's elderly, because you know they could usually if, obviously an elderly person could have more you know comorbid conditions going on. Um, so that's probably the most scary thing. Like as a new grad, it's like oh shoot, like what am I going to find here? You know, but the good thing is is I I'm in a mentorship and I have people like helping me. But even so, after the mentorship, like PA, me as a PA, like our group, like we sit, like all the docs, PAs, MPs, we all sit by each other. So we're all like bouncing ideas off each other, you know, talking about our cases. Hey, what do you think I should do? I mean, it's, it's great. So, like, I'm, so I'm comfortable taking, you know, sick people. And so then kind of like a, like a bread and butter, like a chief complaint, like I love ortho, like I'm an ortho guy. So there's like, as, and as a PA, like we see a lot of like the you know, level four, um, like orthopedic complaints. And so if there's any sort of, you know, ankle pain, you know, knee injury, shoulder pain, um, like I'm all over it. Um, and also lacerations. I love, you know, suturing and stuff. So. Absolutely. I, you know, it's so funny. I said the same thing. So my, the people who interviewed me for my job said like, what's your most difficult complaint? They're like, what's something you, you might see yourself struggling with? And I was like, 
dizziness gets me every time. But I agree. I also love lacerations. That's like the fun part. You know, they're easy-ish, maybe not in your setting, but in my setting, they're usually pretty straightforward. But that's great. I'm so glad that you said the same thing. And I thought I was insane for thinking dizziness was hard. <laughs> okay, and then I just want to include one more thing. I just yes. I was talking about this yesterday um, with the PAs that I was with. And, you know, one of the sites that we that we staff, you know, there's like we take care of patients from all different, you know, all different types of cultures. Um, you know, there's I mean, I'll see patients, you know, I'll go I'll see four patients in a row and they all speak different languages. Um, so that's so that's a barrier. But like there's some languages where like a chief complaint like does. So if I ask a patient if they're dizzy, especially like someone who, who speaks Spanish, um, like in like the Spanish culture, you know, um, you know, Central America, you know, Mexican, like they don't like dizzy, like doesn't translate to Spanish. Right. So, yeah. So sometimes, you know, like dizzy, could, like dizzy could like for them could just be like, oh, I just feel sick or I just don't feel right. Um, so you have to like, so like, so with specific patient populations, you have to ask like more direct questions, you know, um, like what does it feel to be short of breath? You know, um, explaining palpitations to them, you know, where in your admin does it hurt? Um, like point to it kind of thing. So, yeah, so that's just another, just a tidbit, like, I learned in my first month of working as a PA, you know, like our you know, English language doesn't translate exactly to other people's. Exactly. And I feel like in PA school, they say, you know, you really want to ask open-ended questions. But when you're with specific populations, I find particularly with kids, as well as when there is a language barrier, even if you're using an interpreter, which you should be if there is a significant language barrier, that you have to ask more like yes and no questions or like direct questions, like where does it hurt? So I think that's a great point. So I have been following you for a long time. And I know your dad is a doctor, right? So did that influence you to go into the PA profession or did you ever consider medical school? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I've gotten, I kind of had a crazy journey of how I got, I know how I've gotten here. And yeah, I mean, my dad's, you know, obviously growing up as a kid, I saw him as a doctor coming home, you know, and like he would show us like cool pictures of like crazy wounds and stuff like that. Cause he, so my dad's an internist, uh, you know, internal medicine physician, but he also specializes in infectious disease. So he has hospital privileges where he rounds on his own patients and his patients love it. You know, so like, so if his patient would get admitted to the hospital, the hospitalist doesn't see him. My dad goes and sees them. So he's what he's what's considered a traditionalist, which is now a dying breed. Um, they don't have that anymore. Now, now it's just like a hospital medicine. And yeah, so I mean, I was exposed at a young age to um, healthcare, And, I, you know, so then I just love caring for people. I've always say I was going to go into business, ministry, or healthcare. And, you know, for me, I love, you know, pathophysiology, disease, you know, um, like, like the algorithm. We got to plug it in and figure out what's wrong. And, yeah, for me, I, I thought about medical school. That's what I wanted to do going to college. I wanted to be a reconstruction orthopedic surgeon. That's what I wanted to do. And, you know, um, sometimes things, you know, don't go our way. And, you know, my first semester of college, I bombed, you know, general chemistry. Yep. And, <laughs> and uh, so, so don't feel bad if you ever get a bad grade in the class. I mean, don't, you know, hang your head. Because I had a lot of classmates that like, you know, they like they did bad their first, even their first exam in chemistry. And they like switched their major to business, you know, or switched the major like because they all want they're going to be a pharmacist or they wanted to be a nurse or they wanted to be, you know, a PA or a doctor. So don't yeah, don't let one bad grade determine your future, you know, in, you know, in an exam or on a test. Exactly. Um, yeah. So yeah, so going from there, you know, so I was like, you know, in, on an uphill climb for my GPA. And then you know, my GPA wasn't the strongest after I graduated college. And so with that, I was, I went to go work as a CNA in the hospital to kind of just see what was out there. You know, could I go to medical school? Could I go to nursing school or PA school? 
Now, I looked into some medical school stuff, but I'm just not the best, you know, standardized test taker. I didn't see myself studying for six months for the MCAT. You know, I want to get out and, you know, I want to start my life. You know, I have a little ADHD, so I'm just like, I'm like, I, I like, I like to do a lot of things at once, you know, and I get bored easily. So like uh-huh. PA is like, you can do a lot of things. I think a lot of us have it, you know, and um... <laughs> my brother, he was like, Katrina, you definitely have ADHD. I just got diagnosed and I'm 22, blah, blah, blah. You need to be on medication. <laughs> Like we, so many of us have it for sure. Oh yeah, it's just it's just learning to channel your like hyperactivity and mm-hmm. just try to focus it. It's hard sometimes, right? But I think yeah. So with that, you know, the PA profession, you know, fit me perfect, and um, you know, and I want to work, you know, as a part of a healthcare team. A PA was always kind of um, that number one thing because I looked in like some direct entry masters for nursing for to be an NP, and yeah, PA just really fit me well. Yeah. I love it. I, I have similar experience. And I also was a CNA and shout out to all the CNAs who might be listening because your job is one of the hardest jobs in healthcare, I believe. And uh, you guys rock. So do you feel like you will ever uh, pursue ministry or business too alongside this since you have those multiple passions and we're thinking about doing that or is kind of PA your route for life, at least for now? That's a good question. Uh, I, I am doing all three. Um, like <laughs> you are, I am. I am. So I mean, like ministry, just like volunteering, you know, in, in a church kind of thing. Um, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of like my ministry. But again, like our job is a ministry too, right? Doing things that no one else will do. That's, that's kind of a definition of a ministry. And not a lot of people are, you know, kind of sacrifice, like you're going to school, like you're busting your butt, you're not getting paid and you're taking care of people that are sick, you know, and, you know, people that think differently than you, that are, you know, for different, you know, skin color than you, they're different culture than you, like you're laying that all, you know, aside and you're caring for the person and, you know, you want to help them feel better and you want to help them get better and, you know, get them on the right track. And, you know, I think for me, that's what's most important, um, you know, in, in my life. Uh, but again, and then on the business side, uh, PA Collective was launched, you know, so this is an, you know, so PA Collective is an LLC, you know, it's obviously a social media platform and that's, that's been a fun you know, kind of a uh, project um, that's, you know, that I started in the middle of PA school, which is crazy. It's been growing. So a lot of cool and fun stuff going on. That's awesome. I I love that you've taken so many passions that you've had and have kind of worked them into what can work for you. So maybe you're not like a minister, but you're doing ministry in some way and you're doing medical stuff, even if it's not as a doctor in some way. And you started your business, which I was going to ask you about anyways. And how the heck did you start this company while you've been in PA school and become like a TikTok ph- phenomenon? I can't even say that word. Just tell me how this whole idea started. Yeah. So uh, that's a good, so good question. Um, so what I always wanted to start a social media platform once I became a PA, once I was certified, because I would say, oh, I'm a certified healthcare professional. I'm going to teach you about stuff, you know, blah, blah, blah. And as we all know, COVID hit, you know, March, 2020, April, 2020. And so for our school, kind of our last month of, of didactic year got put online, which was fine. Um, you know, they, they did great in, you know, that transition. But so what, what stunk was our first clinical rotation, basically like all the hospitals, this is back when everyone's like, you know, don't wear a mask because like, like the, like they need masks for the hospital because they're short kind of thing. Yep. I remember um, that. Yeah. Like ra- ration your gloves, you know, like <laughs> if, you have, if you have extra gloves in your garage, go drop them off at the hospital front door. You know, it's just like, what is going on in the so world? So 
crazy. Wear the same mask for like three weeks. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, and there's like, and I'm sure people have seen the videos like on TikTok and, and Instagram, like, oh, you could sterilize your used N95 <laughs> you've used for a month. I'm like, no way. It's awful. Yeah. Yeah. So that, like that time, our first rotation basically got canceled. So our school came up. I mean, they were amazing. You know, they did, we did like, like we got certified in telemedicine. So we were doing like telemedicine visits with people. Um, you know, we, like we did some group projects um, and we had like online case studies that we had to do, but it wasn't like, you know, cause obviously in like rotations, like you're kind of like your full day is kind of taken. But with this, like, I mean, some days like you'd have a half a day, you know, and it's like, what am I gonna do? Sit and study all day. Like, I just, so I was like, I'm just going to launch. And like TikTok was blowing up, right? Everyone's right. like. Well, everyone, it's perfect for us ADHD people. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, everyone's watching Tiger King. They're on TikTok, you know? Yeah. Tiger King. Yeah. So good. <laughs> so I was like, I'm just going to launch it. I'm just going to launch PA Collective now on TikTok. And all I did was like, it's funny. Like you guys can go back and look at my, like the videos I first did. The lighting was bad. I mean, the timing was bad. Like the videos are just not that good looking back now. But I was just like, I just want to like mentor people and help people that, you know, are on the pre-PA journey or that are, you know, their first year of PA school because I just finished it. And I can, you know, give you tips, you know, what worked for me. Um, and then just share your story. You know, that's what I want to share with everyone, you know, listening is that your story is so powerful. So don't let anyone tell you, you know, that you're, that you're not significant, you know, um, or that you can't make it because you can. And your story can affect someone um, or motivate someone. So, uh, so for me, I wanted to share, yeah, I was on academic probation, you know, uh, you know, I kind of wrote off everything I wanted to do with my life. I wanted to, you know, I was going to pursue different careers, you know, give up medicine. Sharing that resonated with a lot of people. And, you know, TikTok actually reached out to me a month into me doing these videos. And they just said, hey, we see that you're educating people. We want you to be a part of our new program called the Creative Learning Fund. So part of that was I'm, I was committed to, and I am still today, to educational videos and learning on TikTok. Because we all know TikTok is a lot of garbage on it too. Um, I mean, a lot of funny stuff, a lot of garbage, just sort of like, what the heck, crazy videos. But then, but then you'll get like a random video on your For You page of someone teaching about something. You yeah. Know? So, that, so that's where you know, I joined this program. And that's a whole nother story in itself of how that's been. But yeah, I mean, we could talk about it too, if you want. That That is so cool. I didn't even know that existed. Clearly my videos are garbage and I have not been invited to any creative learning, but uh, that is so cool. So do you question, and I didn't prepare you for this question. Do you get compensated through TikTok? So TikTok has a, uh, it's called the creator fund, which anyone with over 10,000 followers can sign up for it. And that's where you like, you'll get paid per view, like, by how many views you get. And with that, I, I think, I think the like, well, not the science, the math of it is, I think you get like four cents per a thousand views, which isn't that much money. Um, but if you have a video that gets, you know, 500,000, a million views, you know, you can make, you know, I think the most I made in the day on one video is like 16 bucks or something like that, you know? Hey, 16 um, more bucks than you had, right? Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, so TikTok does pay you, like if you're a part of the creator fund and there are different incentives, um, which I can't share just because of like contracts with them. But yeah, so then the creative learning fund that stopped. Now it's called the influencer accelerator program. So all that is, is that, you know, I have access, I have like a manager, you know, that, you know, that kind of helps me. And then we do like creator hangouts like once a month and we all you know, talk like, like different medical, uh, you know, TikTok creators and we just share what's working, what's not and stuff like that. So it's really fun. That is 
so cool. Did you ever imagine it getting to be that point, especially so soon, like a month into creating it? Like how cool. Yeah. And um, so then from that, it just kind of grew. Yeah. I mean, I did not imagine it at all. I mean, I just said, I'm just going to keep doing what's been working. And, you know, I, a lot of the pre-PA questions are similar. So I just like answered all of them, made them easy for people, short and sweet. Um, this is what I, you know, I, I think, you know, this is what worked for me. And then, and then obviously like you kind of hop on the TikTok trends, you know, cause that's, that's a way to reach people as well. But then you throw an education in those, you know, to, you know, like just to get people to think. So that's, yeah, uh, there's a lot of, you know, like for me, just as a creator, like in producing a video, yeah, there's a lot to it, you know, a lot of like, um, psychology to, to creating a video. So that's what I really do in my videos now. So it's fun. Yeah. I love, I love content creation. I loved that TikTok and now Instagram are turning more video based because I think it just, it's a great learning method and it's easy to watch a minute up to three minutes of video and not go onto YouTube or something like that just to learn something super quick. And it's, I love TikTok because it's so personal, like it's just very real life, you know? It is. But that is so cool. So do you do anything else with PA Collective? You know, I saw you had some shirts. But what else do you do with your company? Yeah, so um, just to kind of piggyback off of that and make sure I answer this question because I like I'll I'll answer the question like before because something else came to my mind. Because um, okay, because I just got ADHD, right? <laughs> Tell me more. Yes. Yeah. So um, so so another way to make money and on like through social media is not just through TikTok but through brand deals. That's where like mm-hmm. and marketing um, and doing ads for companies. So that's where like mo- like most of the money comes from. Is that you know like you build an organic following, and you know you you have these like uh, influencer websites. I have like a like an influencer you know on a website of like my resume, you know, and they have and they can see my TikTok and Instagram, and then they can you know basically email me say hey this is our product you know you know like you want to work together we you know we'll pay you to make videos and stuff like that. So that's where like real money comes through. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So that's 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 a growing process. So and I've helped a lot of people with that because I've just had a lot of experience with it. Uh, just, just one thing I, I, you know, I say is know your worth and don't, you know, don't take product as payment. Like, like, like you want to get paid and don't let them take advantage of you. So then now back to your question of PA Collective, what am I doing with it? Yes. Um, so PA Collective, actually my brother helped me come up with the name, you know, he was like, he was in marketing. Now he's actually going to ministry, but so I mean like PA Collective. So the whole idea of collective being not just certified PAs, but PA students, pre-PAs, retired PAs. And then the collective of like healthcare, you know, providers, healthcare professionals with all, you know, the, the goal of, you know, uh, patient centered care, you know, putting the patient first and stuff like that. So that's the name of the business, LLC, PA Collective. And yeah, so I have merchandise, which, um, you know, I don't have a lot of boatloads of cash to like have merchandise sitting in my room. So I do pre-orders where people pay and then I have a supplier who then prints them for me. Awesome. Um, so I have that. And then what else with the business is that I'm working on getting the logo registered with the Notre Dame Law School. So that's a whole process. So if you're a LLC out there and you want to get your either your name registered or trademarked or logo, um, instead of paying you know, hundreds of thousands, you know, not hundreds of thousands, but <laughs> hundreds to like a thousand dollars. That's a lot of money. Because everyone's got that money laying around. Because um, <laughs> uh, like when I first started looking, I was like, I want to get my logo like registered or trademarked. And these, some of these attorneys were like, yeah, it's going to cost like a thousand dollars. I'm like, I don't have a thousand dollars laying around. I can just give you, and, you know, and, and all for your like opinion. You're like, you know, like not even your work yet. Yeah. So there's a, there's a, there's a, 
program called the Law School Certification Program. So these so there's a bunch of law schools, obviously, throughout the country where law students take your application, like if you're like a small business, and and they do and they do it basically like pro bono. So like as as students, they like, like do, they do all the paperwork, they do all the research for you, and it's all overseen, you know, by an attorney, by like a faculty member at the law school. And the only thing that you have to pay for is like the actual application fee to the U.S. Patent Office. Um, so that's so that's a really cool program, you know, if anyone's interested in that. Um, that is so cool. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I, I kind of you know you know diverged off there, but. This is perfect because I yeah. wanted to ask you that, and that yeah. is just excellent. I'm so glad that you mentioned that. Yeah. Oh, this is really, really cool. I'm like so honored to have you here because you just you've done so much. It's so mm-hmm. amazing, and hopefully you're inspiring. I not hopefully I know you're inspiring so many students to do the same yep. um, and learning from you. And I honestly, the key to success success these days, it's not like our parents' generation. We have to do multiple things, starting a business, all that stuff, and entrepreneurship. I think it's amazing. So I think we should do some rapid fire questions. What about sure. that? You, you sound, feel good about that? Have you, yeah. have you listened to a podcast before? Do you know how the rapid fire questions work? Uh, it's okay. If you I, haven't, I won't be offended. I mean, I, no, I haven't listened to one of yours, but I mean, <laughs> I've listened to a lot of podcasts and I, I've, I, 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I'll edit this out. Don't I, you worry. I, I, I listened to MRAP and basically Trey Kennedy. That's it. <laughs> that, well, there you go. Yeah. Oh, I love that guy. He's funny. Isn't he, isn't he from Kansas City? Or like he's from he? The, yeah, he lives in Kansas City right now. <gasps> what? Yeah. Oh my gosh! Stop. Okay. Serious. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> well, I will have to stalk him. Okay. Wait. One thing before we do our rapid fire questions. Mm-hmm. What is one thing that you would tell your younger self as you were starting your path to PA? Now that you're practicing PA. Um, I would say you know like be confident in your training, um, and trust your experience, and. I think like those are the top things, and and don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, like like when when you're going into a situation, like you have nurses there with you, you have if you have medical assistants, you have like there was a nurse like who helped me with something because I just didn't know what to do, and they and they were an experienced nurse. Um, so you know, never be afraid to ask for help. Um, trust your experience, and um, you know, like you're smarter than you think. Yeah, absolutely, and you're not alone. Like I feel yeah. like people think that you have to do everything alone. And I, I don't know if that's just like the culture we grew up in and the competitiveness of even medicine itself, but you, it is, there's a reason that it's a team. Um, and that's the great thing about being a PA as well. Very collaborative. Um, and one more question actually, before we do rapid fire, where do you hope your career company, like personal life takes you in five years and in 10 years? Yeah. So I have a passion for education and, you know, I see myself down the road teaching at a PA school somewhere, you know, maybe not full, I mean, maybe full time and like in the clinic or, you know, in the ER part time, but that's my passion in, you know, and then growing PA Collective where I'm teaching through videos more like ER stuff. And I have some stuff that's kind of secret that I'm going to be doing that no one else is doing. So stay tuned for, you know, some launching of um, some teaching stuff. Yeah. So it's, yeah, really cool. And some, you know, and and you you guys will see from some uh, major PA organizations in the next few weeks some cool things from PA Collective too, some more partnerships coming up. So that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And oh, wait, I forgot to mention about the brand stuff. I wanted to just validate because as someone who gets some collaborations as well, brands are where it's at, brand collaborations. And I actually will, for those of you guys are listening, I will be doing a social media podcast about how to grow your social media, how to 
um, make an income off social media and like how that process has been made for me the past four years. And Jimmy kind of alluded to it as well. So hopefully that will be an interesting podcast. Okay. And we're going to go into rapid fire questions. So the first thing that comes to your mind, you're going to just say the answer. Okay. Yeah. Unless it's inappropriate, then think of something else, but it's also okay if it's inappropriate. Um, <laughs> okay. What's your favorite book? I would say Extreme Ownership by Jacko Willink. Sounds good. I need to add that to my list. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite show right now? Or do you watch TV? Oh, of course I watch TV. I mean, <laughs> Netflix all day. Uh, so my favorite show right now or my favorite show? Favorite show ever and favorite show right now. So favorite show ever is Friends. And favorite and favorite show right now, I mean, I'm watching um, uh, Friday Night Lights. Love Friday Night Lights. We recently started that and it's really, really good. So mm-hmm. that's awesome. Favorite trash TV. Do you like watch trash TV, reality TV at all? Yeah, would you consider like... Um, like like bar rescue i mean is that trash tv or is it like or, or do you want like you know uh my 600 pound life is that that's so good that, i prefer the latter answer yeah 600 pound life you know yeah there's some good tiktok audios of her um yeah yeah that's, that's a real it's so interesting i love it watching is. them they're such a pair it's the, the sisters right yeah 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 yeah, mm-hmm. yeah yeah what is your best performing eor end of rotation exam or unit in school? Um, I, th- I actually think it was general surgery. It was my best one. Amazing. What was your worst? Yeah. Probably psych. Yeah, that one was a tough mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, what superpower would you want? Teleport. Yeah, that'd be fine. The commute is crazy, you know? Just teleport yeah, anywhere. Waste of time. <laughs> Seriously, is. Although you can listen to good podcasts. Scrubbed out podcasts, great option for you now. Um, yes. <laughs> favorite cherished item, like, like physical material item, you're running out of your house because there's a fire or you're soon to be house. What'd you say? Chapstick. Burt's bees. I'm I'm a I'm a classic chapstick guy. My favorite classic. my favorite flavor of all time is peppermint. I love candy canes. Um, in PA school, my didactic year, I would suck on candy canes when I took exams. I was really weird. Um, people would be like, "Who is this guy?" Um, <laughs> but there's just something like. So I have peppermint, not peppermint, uh, candy cane chapstick. So every Christmas, and I lose my chapstick constantly. I mean, I'm sure I don't know if people can agree, you know, uh, yeah. resonate with this, but um, I lose probably at least one or two chapsticks a week. I don't know where yeah. they go. It's like hair ties for women <laughs> or, or men with long hair. Yeah, it's, yeah. I love chapstick. I, I use it twice daily. I am a personal fan of Burt's Bees, but all right, ladies. So Christmas time, mistletoe, peppermint, chapstick. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Something you will always spend money on, regardless of the price. A gym membership. Yeah. Or you know, like health and fitness. You know. Yeah. So for I, sure. I mean, I, I was a member. I was a member at Orange Theory for a couple of years, and people were like, "How do you pay that much money?" You know, it's, it was like one hundred and sixty-nine dollars a month, and it's a lot of money, right? <laughs> um, but like, if, if you break it down, if you go like four, like four times a week, it's basically eight dollars a workout. Um, something like that for like basically a 60 minute personal training session and you get a great workout. But now I'm now doing, I'm now doing Peloton, which Peloton's awesome. Do you do the bike or the workouts or both? I do both. I do both. Yep. That's nice. I wanted to invest in one, but I don't know. I don't know if I like it. You know what I mean? Maybe I just got to go try it out. I mean, mean, just try the app first, you know, like do like, because the apps, I think I can do like a free trial for a month and then you can do after that, I think it's 40 a month. Yeah. It's not bad. Love mm-hmm. it. Okay. What is the stupidest or silliest advice you've ever heard? I would say practice makes perfect because it doesn't. Practice makes permanent. 
So, mm. it, so whatever you're doing or whatever you're practicing, if it's a skill, you have to make sure you're doing it right. Um, because if you're practicing the skill wrong, it's not going to be perfect, right? And then nothing's perfect in, in and of itself. I mean, and, and I'm, like a lot of PA students, you know, like you'll hear me, like when I would try to like master a physical exam, like you go in a room and you get efficient at a physical exam, like you will see like all, all different PAs will be with, docs will be with, nurse practitioners. They do like their physical, every single one, like there's just little, like little nuances that they do that's just different. And, and you'll see just once you start practicing, like you'll find what works for you. Like you don't have to, you know, emulate just like exactly what someone else does. Yeah. So that's just like, I would say practice doesn't make perfect. I've never heard that before, but I absolutely love it. I yeah. absolutely love that. And I'm going to start saying that. What's like the smartest advice you've ever heard? From my dad, say no once a day. Just like me. I think a lot of people, like we say yes to everything. So like saying no is actually good for you, not over committing. And especially just in healthcare and just a lot of people that are pre-PAs, just people in the medical field are in general are like go-getters and we want to take on things that, you know, like we could do multiple things at once, but again, you'll get burned out more. So Right. What's the last um, thing you said no to? Um, I think going golfing in like 38 degrees, which <laughs> I mean, I, no. I, I, I mean I, I'm a diehard golfer. Like I love to golf. Like usually I'd go Saturday mornings, but it was 38 degrees this morning. I'm like, I'm not going. Sorry. <laughs> you know, because I have just friends that are diehard golfers. So yeah, that's a good use of your no, I would say. Yes. And for all the people pleasers out there, myself included, no was my favorite word to learn since 2019. <laughs> um, does pineapple belong on pizza? I ask everyone this question. No. Oh my God. We're a fr- our friendship's over. I thought oh, we were really? thinking, but. <laughs> nope. Nope. Consider it done. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Okay, well, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Most of the guests have said yes, so it's okay. okay. All right. I know. Maybe they're just trying to please me, you know? Yeah. Would you do didactic or clinical year again? Oh, clinical. I mean, didactic is like you're in a cave and you can't sleep and I don't know, you just <laughs> no life. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I don't know. I would rather go to didactic. Really? <laughs> I know. I'm like the, the minority there, but I like regularity, sure. so. Sure. Yeah, but, yeah, I can see that. But clinical year was really fun. And people forget that that's like the second half of your education. And so yep. you just learn so much there, like applying the knowledge. So, okay. Well, the last question I have for you is what is the most important tip, life lesson, or quote you want to share with our audience today? And you maybe already had mentioned something like this, but give us your best shot. Uh, I mean, a, a great quote we actually have is, you know, um, in, you know, in, in the house on the wall, it's um, from Mother Teresa. Not all, not all of us can do great things, but we can do small things with great love. Um, so don't think like you have to be like great and like comparing yourself to people. Cause like, you will just like comparison, uh, is the thief of joy is, is another one. It, it can really, you know, steal your joy and steal, you know, like your happiness, you know, com- constantly comparing yourself to people because like, you're not great, you know, in the world's eyes and someone else's eyes, but just know that if you do small things with great love, I mean, that's what matters. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And I, I love your comment about comparison is the thief of joy. I use that a lot, especially with both of us being in the social media world, it's so easy to compare yourself to others. And it is awesome to see that you have taken such an interesting route to become a PA and you've done all this fun stuff. And then, you know, I've done something completely different. So hopefully people can be inspired by all of our differences and see that we reach a very similar goal that we can connect with and this to do it your own way. That's right. Yeah. Well, Jimmy G., It has been such a pleasure speaking with you today. I cannot thank you enough for being on here. Is there anything else you wanted to say or 
anything to get out before I let you go today? Sure. I, I just think one thing um, with just so like with me launching PA Collective, it, it, it's allowed me to be, I, I've always been creative in my life, um, I, but I've never had opportunities to, you know, go out and do it myself. You know, like throughout, you know, middle school, high school, I was always in sports. Like I never tried out to go in drama because I just, that just wasn't, you know, that wasn't cool, you know, mm -hmm. exactly um, to go in choir, to go in band. I, mean, I wasn't banned up until, you know, middle school, but once you get to high school and you're in band, like you're, you're like, you're a band geek, you know, um, that was just like the stigma. And it's just like, don't like, like do like whatever your passions are just like go out, go all out in those, you know, for like, so for me, like I'm creative, like, um, I love, you know, speaking in front of people, um, producing, you know, videos and helping people. So like me doing TikTok and, and making videos on, you know, and sharing on Instagram, that has just allowed my creativeness, you know, to flourish and just to, just to grow in its own way. So I just wanted to share with every, you know, everyone out there that whatever your gifts are, um, your passions are, you know, stick to those. Obviously go out of your comfort zones and, you know, learn new things and grow in that way. But whatever, like, you know, gifts that you have inside of you and desires, you know, like pursue those all out um, and just and watch them grow. And, you know, like for me, I, I can speak to that and just making videos, you know, horrible, you know, quality, you know, just bad lighting and just letting those grow. Not only you as a person, but you make great relationships with people just be in, in like a year and a half. It's become something that I never thought it would you know, become. Um, so don't tell anyone that you can't do anything. So yeah, just use your use your gifts. Exactly. If you haven't listened to my episode on starting scared, this is exactly similar to what Jimmy G is saying. And it's, it's like thinking back, I can't believe we were ever so scared to pursue something that we loved. And now being like almost 30, I think back to like my 17 or 14 year old self and so consumed with the idea of what people thought of me and letting that restrict how much potential I could have. And if you just keep moving forward and keep true to why you're doing something or your belief system, you will be so successful and so happy. So just keep moving forward and keep doing the thing that you love. Yep. And, and, and there will be like, so something one of the ER docs told me, just one more thing. Yeah, um, please. Is, is that, you know, like you're not, you're not going to have, not every day is going to be good. You're going to have good days and bad days, you know, and like for you to get to like your destiny, like you're, like you're going to have to go through difficulty and disappointment. Um, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a hard road. So if you know that going in, like when, like when you face anxiety, when you face fear, just know that, I mean, I'm, I'm going to have to go through this anyway. So let's just go through, you know, full head of steam, um, you know, and have people around you that can support you, you know, a good support system and people to talk to. So. Absolutely. Yep. Well, you said it best. You left yeah. us with so much good information here. So thank you again. I'm going to let you go. I hope you have a great rest day and uh, you're back on the night shifts, right? Is that what you're doing? Uh, yeah, so, yeah, so the ER, so we, we only have to work like two or three a month, which is nice. So I'll be oh. back, but I mean, I'm 5 P 5 PM to 1 AM on Monday. So yeah, I mean, it's not only really night shift, but, um, but yeah, so uh, thanks Kat. I appreciate you having me. Um, you know, really loved it. So thanks for having me. We'll talk soon again. Okay. Awesome. Thank have you. a good one. Bye. Thank you. All right, you guys, that about wraps up our episode today. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know I absolutely loved chatting with Jimmy today. He is such a wealth of knowledge and 
He is just so impressive with everything he's been able to do in just the last 18 months alone. So I hope you guys learned something from him. If you enjoyed this episode, please let me know or leave a five-star review. I would absolutely love that. But until next time, you guys, I hope you have a great, safe day.